In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an honor to be with you today to celebrate this special feast in the life of this church. I'm grateful to Father Yoder for the invitation, and I bring you greetings from Neshota House Theological Seminary, from Garwood Anderson, our dean, and Garrett Pacetti, whom many of you may know because he was with you this summer. Today, as every year, we remember and reflect on those who have gone before us, whom the church has acknowledged as saints, those whose lives served as burning lights of the fire of the Holy Spirit in unique and powerful ways. We remember their witness. We take a peek into their place with God and his throne, a glimpse at a world different than ours. It can sometimes be quite hard to see in the midst of the world in which we live. Today I'm going to focus our attention a bit on the hiddenness of this reality that part in the creed where we confess those things that we cannot see and have not seen, but that we nevertheless confess to be true. I believe in the Holy Spirit, communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. But I'll start with a story. It's actually an Oklahoma story. I used to live in Dallas and pastor a church there, and um, I like to think that I have a good sense of direction but there are times in my life where my experience does not seem to corroborate this. Now, don't get me wrong, I can follow a map with the best of them, but there are times when I pride myself in the illusion that somehow, like a monarch butterfly in migration, or a bird flying south for the winter, I have some sort of built-in compass that always orients me to true north. But it isn't true. I learned this the hard way on a road trip I took a few years back when I was still living in Dallas to take a short uh, personal retreat. I was headed to a monastery up here in northwest Oklahoma to disconnect from the world for a few days, just be quiet, pray. I emailed my guest master, Brother Bachman. Yes, monks can use email. And he sent me directions down a, a tangle of dirt roads somewhere east of Muskogee. Normally, I would just plug the address into my iPhone or check a map, write down the turns, and be on my way. And I did this, but the directions the guest master sent didn't seem to match with what my map had said. It was clear on the map that the monastery was basically due east from Highway 69, but the monk's directions had me winding through hilly dirt roads, turning in all directions. The monk's directions said things like this. After the second dip in the road, turn right. There are no road signs. There's no arrows pointing to the monastery. I kept wondering whether my definition of a dip was the same as a monk who, who knows? Maybe hadn't been in a car for a while. I was hours away from anyone I knew, and the last hotel I had seen was easily an hour back in the other direction. Further and further down these twisting roads I went, with no indication I was heading in the right way. I lost cell service about half an hour before, 
And while I knew I was generally supposed to be headed east, the sun had set. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was traveling north, 90 degrees away from where I was hoping to be. But I kept with Brother Bachman's directions. And sure enough, just where I was supposed to find a sharp hairpin turn over a dry creek bed, I kid you not, there I was. And in 10 minutes, I had arrived at the monastery. Without the normal road signs, the sun, the GPS signal, my normal sense of direction, my internal map, completely obscured. I could follow directions that I had received, someone who knew the way through the difficult path had given me, even if it felt wrong the whole way. Or I could follow my own sense of direction, which in this case was really no sense at all. For the most part, our spiritual lives are lives lived in the dark. Sure, there's times where God shines light on a situation, or the road ahead is so clear, it feels like God has put a big, flashing neon sign at a fork in the road. Much of the time, the way ahead can be hard to see. The psalmist put it this way, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. It's not the bright sun. It's a lamp. You can see your feet. You can see a few steps ahead. And that's enough. If it wasn't there, you wouldn't be able to see anything. As the hymn we sung this morning says, In the darkness drear, the one true light. When it comes to understanding who we are, this can be even harder. Listen to the difficulty in our reading today from St. John the Divine. First, from Revelation. One of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white? Where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, thou knowest. In the midst of a majestic scene at the throne of God, one of the elders, who should be explaining things to John, comes to John with questions. Who are these? Sir, thou knowest. The elder answers him, Isn't it how even though he knows, he doesn't seem to know at first. The grandeur, the majesty of this absolutely rapturous throne room scene, its brightness, its glory, is nevertheless obscured, partially hidden, even at the throne, even to the one given the task of explaining it to John. John, in his first epistle, says something really similar. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. We celebrate the feast of all saints because blessedness, saintliness, isn't so easy to recognize. You know those icons of Jesus or the saints that have what look like big golden plates behind their heads? Those weren't there in real life. <laughs> Members of Jesus' family had difficulty with his claims. Those from his hometown didn't receive his ministry. Finally, all but a few were chanting crucify as God the Son in the flesh went to his death. Saintliness in our own lives can be hard to recognize as well. We live normal, regular lives. We pray, brush our teeth, come to church, we make dinner, we go to sleep at night. Yet, 
into this ordinariness, God breathes his Holy Spirit, who sanctifies us, who builds in us the likeness of Christ as we surrender more of ourselves to God's rule and reign in our life. Blessed are the meek. Most of us know one of the saints of recent years, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who served the poor and outcasts of India for decades. After her death, her personal writings were published, and behind the blessedness of this woman of faith and godly love was something a little more obscure. I'm going to quote from her own words. There is so much deep contradiction in my soul, such deep longing for God, so deep that it is painful, suffering, continual, and yet not wanted by God, repulsed, empty, no faith, no love, no zeal. Souls hold no attraction. Heaven means nothing. To me, it looks like an empty place. The thought of it means nothing to me, and yet this torturing longing for God. Pray for me, please, that I keep smiling at him in spite of everything. For I am only his, so he has every right over me. I am perfectly happy to be nobody, even to God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. We are God's children but we don't always feel like God's children. We're daughters and sons, adopted and born anew in our baptism, given the gift of the Holy Spirit, with the potential to be saints, despite our doubts and sins. We are the church, but we can feel at times like nothing worth celebrating, just same old folks. We lose our sense of direction. In the darkness of this age, we can be tempted to believe that because we can't find our way or our own baptismal identity can be hidden under the veil of our flesh, we can be tempted to doubt its existence at all. But even there at the throne, the picture isn't so clear. What is obscured now by darkness can be just as hidden in the brightness of God's light. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Weight of Glory, put it this way. I quote, Remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals with whom we joke with, work with, Marry, snub, exploit, immortal horrors, or everlasting splendors. End quote. This is what we celebrate and remember today. 
We remember those whom the church has called saints throughout the ages to remind us of how saintliness presents itself in our midst. Give us the wings of faith to rise, we prayed. Within the veil and see the saints above, how great their joys, how bright their glories be. And we say every time we renew our baptismal vows, we reaffirm the calling we have in Christ and the power by which we do this. We will, with God's help. We ask them whence victory came. They, with united breath, ascribe their conquest to the Lamb, their triumph to his death. But All Saints Day, traditionally observed on November 1st, is followed by All Souls Day, as you know very well in this parish, November 2nd. Together, we remember all those who have died in the hope of the resurrection. The juxtaposition of these two days was no accident. What we observe in the saints of renown, we look for with hope in those whom we grieve, those whom we have lost, whose loss sometimes feels so distant and at other times very near. We look for it with hope in our own lives as well, trusting that what God has accomplished in those saints of old and of new, God can do in us. The church, communion of saints, as we stretch forward to life everlasting. These saints are like roadmaps. They're directions from those who have gone before to glory. Blessed are those who mourn. Today, I wish to give one of those many saints the final word, quoting to you from St. Augustine of Hippo, on the hope we have in the face of the struggles before we reach the glory. He says, Oh, what a happy hallelujah there. How carefree, how safe from all opposition, where nobody will be an enemy, where no one will ever cease to be a friend. God's praises sung there, sung here, here by the anxious, there by the carefree, here by those who will die, there by those who will live forever, here in hope, there in reality, here on our journey, there in our homeland. These are our guide's home. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.